And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Yet another aspect, you could say, of what's going on with COVID-19. And by that, I mean you have a lot of kids going back to school right now online. Virtual learning, they call it. Some kids lucky enough to be going back to school, but not all of them. Not even close. Well, you may be surprised, actually, in part of this discussion, how much data or data about your child is going to be collected by this online schooling. Just basic information you would expect, right? Name, email address, grades, test scores. But there's some other things that you might not expect that's a little concerning. And the FBI, even back in 2018, made a warning about this. I would call it a threat. I mean, this is personal information for kids K through 12, Data like biometrics, academic progress, behavioral disciplinary actions that have, you know, affected your student, your child. Medical information, web browsing history, geolocation, some of this way too intrusive. So I wanted to reach out to my next guest, Dr. Steve Webb. He's a certified social media intelligence expert, also the best-selling author of the book education in a violent world he is an award-winning educator a police officer and founder of safe school systems that's an organization that helps schools and communities enact and enhance common sense safety tactics dr steve webb welcome to the show my friend and first of all thank you for your service uh with the badge well, thank you so much for having me and, and helping to get the word out. This is some uh, troubling times. Very troubling times indeed. Well, it's all about how to keep our kids safe online in this age of virtual learning. And even as some kids go back to school, because some of them are being lucky enough to part-time go back to school, a lot of it is still virtual that is concerning. So, you know, thousands of students are going into this new school year, and virtual schooling might be the only way they're able to get this education. So, how do you know that your child is going to be safe online? Because there's so much that's going on behind the scenes that I don't think some parents are aware of. Well, that's the thing is they're, they're, they're not safe online. Matter of fact, they open themselves up to the entire world being able to access their information and thus being able to get into their bedroom with them. We're talking about a, a, a series of criminal acts that are, are taking advantage of this, this remote learning opportunity in order to be able to, to maybe make kids more susceptible to their advances. Uh, kids are still striving for that social acceptance, and they're having to do it now electronically because they can't be around their friends at school. They, they can't be around their friends at church. So they're utilizing electronic means of social interaction even more which is going to make them more susceptible to allowing these criminals in their house. Yeah, first off, let's start. I know a lot of students, luckily my kids have gone through the, you know, the education process, at least, you know, the K through 12, they're done. So they're not having to worry about any of this. But I do have two nieces and you hear about lots of, you know, Zoom sessions and this and that. And then I'm also hearing some of these sessions are hacked into and that's really concerning to me. Yeah, those third-party uh, uh, third-party vendors that uh, you go through the Zoom, the Loom, the Canvas. There's a, there's all kinds of them out there, and you're kind of at the mercy of their privacy settings. So, um, and, and another thing we've got are, are parents are having trouble 
helping their kids with their homework. So they're utilizing, trying to utilize electronic means and, and going onto these secondary tutoring websites and entering all kinds of information about them, about their children, that there's, there's no reason for that to be out there. The privacy settings um, for your computer is something that you can deal with. But when you start dealing with these third-party contractors, and that's one of the things you've seen about this TikTok, how they, they have very few privacy settings, Uh, that allow you to keep those predators from getting in your young child's bedroom. Yeah, sure. And each day, you know, there's millions of kids that go online. Of course, they do it for schooling with some of this, you know, virtual learning. But there's going to be this downtime. And maybe their kids are the parents for these kids are like, okay, they've had their schooling. They've done their work. I'll let them stay online. They can go on TikTok, on Facebook, on Twitter. Some sites I'm looking at, I haven't even heard of, 4chan, 8chan. And they are really opening themselves out to so much harm that could really start some cyber trauma. Absolutely. It's, it's so easy. And that's part of being in the, in the uh, social media intelligence area. Uh, it's so easy to make a fake profile, so easy to make a fake persona out there and, uh, and sell myself as a young person to another young person. It's, it's so easy to do. And, and the fact is now that they're looking for that interaction. So, uh, they're, they're allowing more and more of that to, to occur. And, and let's just face it. I mean, when kids are quiet and in the bedroom, we as parents, I've got four children, and I remember doing everything we could when they were younger to try to make sure that they were safe at our house and, and quiet, and we believed that that was being behaved. Um, but with the electronic means that they have these days of being able to interact with, with uh, their friends and people that should never be their friends, uh, it's it's causing that quiet time in their bedroom to actually be a dangerous time. Yeah, it's not enough anymore to just make sure they're home and quiet because you could actually have some nefarious activity going on there. And absolutely you do. And that's the thing about uh, being parents is we have our own cell phones as well. We have our own social media that we get on and, um, you know, we, we believe that it's safe uh, because we trust um, when in fact kids are inquisitive. I mean, they're going to be looking for different things, and that's when they start getting into the dark web, and and uh, there's just nothing good to come out of that. Yeah, you, got, you brought up an excellent point, Dr. Steve Webb with us, our guest, that because adults are online too, and I am as well. Actually, I'm not on it a whole lot when I'm outside of work, so I've kind of had enough of the electronic medium. However, it's almost as if standards from that perspective uh, tell me if i'm wrong have been normalized okay well we're doing it too we're online as adults you know to you know socially interact so it's it's okay for my kids to do the same thing it absolutely is i mean we're in an era where one in five eight-year-olds have a smartphone now and if you could give me some reasons why an eight-year-old would need a smartphone uh i would run with it but i can't think of any great reasons other than social status that that would be good for an eight-year-old. Their, their brains are, are really developing at that age, and they're not even really to that, that that social niche area of the junior high kid. But that's the way we are in this world. We believe that that is a, a, a social, um, and maybe, maybe even uh, uh, it creates you into a, a different group that is, uh, uh, you know, maybe you're, the, you're now the popular people if you've got a cell phone, whatever. What we're talking about are young kids, as young as eight, maybe even as young as five years old, having an access for predators to be able to get to them. And your older kids that are doing this all the time are now able to access 
uh, privacy settings and the dark web. That's why it was designed was to keep everything that you do private. And uh, it's difficult for, for police to be able to track down that criminal behave, behavior on on the dark web, much less parents. Yeah, it's really scary now, especially with the virtual learning. And I hope that that really is able to be figured out and goes away and kids can go back to school. That's what I believe. That's where I think they should be. And it seems like this virtual learning has even made it more so where the kids are getting indoctrinated into this technology and, you know, social presence online at a younger and younger age. And it's just not healthy. No, it's not healthy for the for the kids. It's not healthy for the families. Uh, we have enough trouble these days having family time where we actually communicate. And uh, when you have families, that they take the phones to the to the uh, living room when you're all sitting together, but you're all on your phones or you're at the table. Uh, I mean, it's all consuming. And I do I do a, what's called a safe training for churches and businesses and schools um, to talk about utilizing your senses because we've stopped doing that. Our senses now waiting for that beep on the phone or that 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 indicator that somebody is trying to communicate with us and that is uh, it's ruining our perception of our safety around us and it's making it a uh, maybe a more dangerous world and that's through these uh, the safe school systems correct correct uh, i do it all over the country and and you know churches right now they're they're trying to get back into into in person and uh, we all know that mental health has taken a taken a beating here uh throughout this this pandemic so uh i just uh i hope people understand that when you get back into these public spaces and you have people now walking in with masks it's going to make them more dangerous indeed dr steve webb our guest so certified social media intelligence expert also best-selling author of the book education in a violent world he's also a police officer and hats off to you because there is so much going on in this country right now with you know people that are anti-police anti-law enforcement and it, it it takes some bravery it takes some courage and so for what you've done uh, i just want to say thank you once again well thank you i mean it's uh, this is a it's a big world and uh, it's very difficult to understand I'm, I'm 51 years old it's very difficult to understand what these kids are going through uh, at my age and that's why i wrote the book and investigated it went to different towns and communities that have had you know tra- tragedy uh, but it all boils back down to their social interactions through through technology. I mean, it all boils down to that. It is a common denominator. And until we get that under control and get kids' mental health under control, we're not going to see these these shootings stop. Let's talk about the book because I want to just – we'll get back to the, to the online thing and the cyberbullying because I was actually – as an adult, I had an incident happen uh, late last year, beginning of this year, where I was cyber harassed, and it's a big deal. And as an adult, I was able to handle it, but it, it's harder for kids. But on the book, what was the catalyst that wanted you to say, you know what, we got to get this information out there? Well, the catalyst is I live very close to uh, Marshall County, and, and actually the, the teacher who was shot at Columbine High School was a, a family friend, grew up in the same area that I did. And uh, the, the catalyst is, you know, this is not just something that happens overnight. This is a process. And you have all of these groups out there that want to talk about responding. You know, you got Run, Hide, Fight, and you've got Alice, and you've got all of these other things. When are we going to start talking about seeing the signs and preventing this? And what we as schools, you know, the, one of the worst things that's ever happened to us is this, is this testing and teachers t- teaching to the test, and we're getting rid of our vocational classes and the, our arts. You know, the things that kids connected to their communities. Yeah, kids need now that, don't they? Ever. 
kids need that. Oh, now more than ever, they need to connect with their, with their school, with their community, because they're disconnecting themselves with technology. Mm. And that's what I found over and over again. In all these towns that I went to, I went to Littleton, Colorado, I went to Parkland, uh, Marshall County, of course. Everywhere I've gone, it was these kids were separating themselves from reality, and people could see it, and it was just, you know, Johnny being Johnny or, or Sally being Sally or whatever. You know, kids will be kids. We've got to stop that. And we got to start looking at the norms of kids and quit treating them like a herd of cattle and start treating them like the individuals they are and find out what, what it's going to take for that child to succeed and not send them through with 40 kids in a classroom. So here's a, a question that I had right off the bat. And I don't know if you have a direct answer for it, but how do we stop this before it starts? Because if, yeah, you're a, a parent and you're sending your kids into that virtual classroom, well, that's kind of already getting them into the process. So how do you make sure that none of this happens to your child? Well, the thing is, is uh, you have to be able to communicate with your child. And, you know, kids are really good at saying, hey, nothing's wrong, nothing's, nothing's bad here. But you need to be involved in that process, not just stick them on a computer and put them at the table or, or in their bedroom or whatever and say, okay, have at it. This is, this is your, your job here. It's, it's doing this together, having, having communication about the good, the bad, the ugly. Go to your kids' phones and check out every one of their apps and go Google them and find out what – what the good things and the bad things are of these apps and communicate that with your children and let them know that that's there. Let them know that you are aware of that because they think, they think that we're dumb, that we, we don't have any idea what's going on. And the more you communicate with them that yes, you understand or you want to understand, uh, hopefully they'll open up to you and you can start finding out some of the, the cyber bullying and cyber things that have been occurring to them. So I know a lot about it, especially having been, harassed myself as an adult and uh, trust me it's definitely not easy but you have to push back and you have to make sure that it stops but explain cyberbullying to our audience and how it has been affecting not just kids but kids in a major way i mean we're talking to where this can actually lead to suicide and you know people get the these kids are getting depressed these kids are having you know confidence issues this is a big deal Sure it is, and I, I'm on the child death review team for our particular area, and, and so I've, I've investigated several autopsies of kids that have, have committed suicide, and uh, in all of these, these photos, the very last thing that they were holding was their phone. I mean, we've even had kids commit suicide on a Facebook Live or on some type of, of Vine that they can share their pain with everybody, but what people don't understand is the last message they may have read on that phone was, you should go kill yourself. Wow. That's bullying. And we have that over and over again. It is a common thing in all of our country now that kids will say that to each other, that you're not worth anything. You need to just kill yourself. And you you have kids like the Amanda Todd story. It's a common theme, and it made it to the Internet. And once it's there, it's there. And she tried to go to three different communities, three different schools to escape that constant barrage of bullying and couldn't do it. It ended up killing herself. That's the world the kids are living in today. Until we start understanding that and dealing with that and identifying that and quit trying to just stick them into another math class, we're going to continue to have this problem. Yeah, I have to tell you, as an adult, when it happened to me, and it it wasn't a, a huge issue, but taking care of it, Kit myself was stressful. It was something 
you know, additional that I had to do. And I had to dot my I's and cross my T's and make sure, you know, that I was safe on such and such a platform. It, it affected me slightly on a mental level, but I was, you know, obviously old enough and mature enough to be able to take care of it on my own. These kids are emotionally figuring out who they are already. And that's already a tough challenge. I mean, I remember when I was in junior high or I was in, in high school, and that's tough for all of us. And you put cyber bullying on top of that. That is something that none of our kids should, one, have to deal with. And two, if they are, I can't even imagine how they're getting through that. You have to be there with your kids and stop it from happening. And if it does happen, make sure that you're getting through it with them. I agree totally with you, and, and that's uh, I've devoted an entire chapter of my book to that. But on, on that other side, you said, how are they dealing with it? You know, we're, we're taking kids and putting them into schools that, are, that were designed in the early 1900s and expecting them to behave just like we did. We're trying to put them in our world when, in fact, they're having this 24-7 bullying, their 24-7 stimulation. There's no wonder that there's some behavior issues when they come into school. But then what do we do as a society? We think there's a drug that can fix it. So I devoted an entire chapter to why are we why are we telling our kids that we can drug their behavior when their behaviors are part of their brain developing? They're developing differently than we did. And uh, um, you know when you when you stick a, a major narcotic into a kid that's four years old because they they have behavior issues, you just started the train down the tracks of. Every time that they have an anxiety problem, they're going to be looking at something. Now, now there's some cases where it works, but it should never be one in five boys like it is now and one in five, one in 11 girls being diagnosed with ADHD. That should never happen. That's that's society's effects on our kids. And then we turn around and drug them and then we're making it we're, we're doubling, <laughs> making it worse. I'll tell you, I would, Steve, I was very lucky as a single father. Uh, the only reason I got my kids' phones when I did, and they were 13 years old, so I mean, it was, you know, probably a lot older than some, some kids now are getting their phones at a much younger age. But then it was merely text messaging and phone calls. I didn't have to worry about the, you know, the, the smartphone world, which is a whole nother perspective. And that's why, you know, younger and younger, these kids are having these emotional problems that they're having. There's 160 million Snapchat users a day. There's 160 million snaps a day. And what people don't understand is within these platforms are other platforms, other types of add-ins. And one of the particularly troubling ones that we've, we've had people commit threats is called YOLO. You only live once. YOLO. Okay. It's an add-in to Snapchat, and it allows the users to be anonymous. So if they're in a vicinity, they can anonymously cyberbully you, and you never know who it is. Wow. You know what that does to a kid's psyche when they get an anonymous uh, bullying note or an anonymous person say, you should just kill yourself, you're looking ugly today, uh, your hair looks terrible, uh, whatever. And they don't know who it is, so they go all day long thinking about who that person was. And you think they can learn that day? No, not at all. That's going to be able to focus that day. That's going to be the last. Why are we focusing on that world? Yeah, that's going to be the last thing on their mind, and they might be too bashful because their confidence has been affected to even bring it up to their parents. That's right. But we got these major tests that we've got to take because society believes you can make some kind of norm, and all we're doing is telling kids they're not normal. And and so now we're we're gearing all of our schools towards this this test, this one day test that means nothing to a kid's success. We need to start focusing on the kids as individuals 
and quit trying to treat them like a herd of cattle. Yeah, we need to focus on them as individuals and as a parent. You need to, you know, yes, our kids need need their privacy as they get older. I understand that. However, it is your responsibility as a parent. You pay for your kid's phone bill. You need to know what's going on on their phone. You need to make sure that they're safe online. That is your responsibility. In my mind, that's end of issue. There's also another aspect of this that can get pretty scary, especially if, you know, your, your kids are on all these apps and, you know, and they're desensitized to a lot of what's going on. Then there's something known as the dark web and the kids are finding themselves on there willingly. So first off, if our audience is not aware of what the dark web is, Steve, what is the dark web and how can myself, if I was in that position as a parent, find if my child is connected to it? Well, the dark web was designed to be able to, to um, search in private without people knowing that you're there. And so, the, of course, that breeds criminal activity. Um, but the dark web, uh, while it may have been used in some cases uh, for, like, the press or things that uh, for whistleblowers, uh, it's mainly used for, for criminal activity. And it's three to five times larger than just the, the normal search engines that you and I understand. So it, the the Tor browser is how you get to the dark web, and the, it's T O R. So if you if you find the Tor browser on your on your child's uh, computer, or there's even a Tor app, uh, you need to get it off there because there's nothing good nothing good for kids besides the pornographic images you're going to be able to get readily available. Uh, they they sell drugs, uh, they sell weapons, uh, they may even sell people on, on this because it's it's so private. Um, and that's what makes it popular with kids. They can download things. They can download terrible, terrible games. They can download uh, DDoS, which is distributed uh, denial of service, uh, which can stop your Internet. That's what hackers use. I mean, that's what they used in Miami-Dade um, to stop those servers. Um, you can download these, those things for free. And kids use them for malicious activity uh, because they're bored. Or the, if they want to get out of a test someday, they can just DDoS the entire system at their school. Um, if you see that Tor browser, which it looks like a purple onion, get it off there. What is the, I'm curious, what is the, uh, how do I put this? How does a kid find out about the dark web? I mean, they might already know about it because of how connected we are in society, but let's say they don't. Is it just a suggestion for maybe a chat room that they're in? Uh, how does one typical child come across it? Well, uh, your children are going to try to be protective of what they believe is sensitive or private information from their parents. Uh, you know, for example, if your your child has three calculators on their phone, they're probably not using three calculators. They've probably got two cloaking apps on there that they use a password on that keyboard of the calculator and allows them into a different area, uh, a password-protected area. So uh, those types of things are, are private. So whenever you have a kid tell another kid, Hey, if you go to if you get this Tor browser, nobody will know what you're searching. Nobody will know what you're downloading. Nobody will know how you got it. It's completely private. I mean, that piques a kid's interest because they they do want to stay private. They don't want people to know that they're they're looking at pornographic images or they're downloading DDoS or or other type of hacking software. So it makes it very very stimulating for them to be able to go somewhere that their parents don't know anything about. Our parents out there need to know, you know, should I be concerned? What's the typical age range or is there one for a child that discovers and uses the dark web? Yeah, 10 to 12 year old is when kids start really starting to punch into the uh, the darker sides of 
of the internet. Um, at that time, you'll start getting an idea if they're pretty savvy on different things. I, I had a kid shut down our internet at our school using a, using a DDoS, and uh, we he showed us completely how he did it, and he was able to download it through the dark web, and, and uh, he shut down our servers for a day. Wow! And uh, it, it completely intrigued me to the point that that's one of the reasons why I wanted to be this because a lot of our law enforcement around there does not have the the savvy to be able to get into this social media and, and you know, making a fake account and, and trying to, to get these predators off the line. Uh, it may seem like a never ending battle because they're always going to be out there, but we've got to have the parents on her side. We've got to have them helping us communicate with the kids and finding out where they're at because it's hard to track them on this dark web. Well, you have to become involved. If you're not already involved and you're hearing this interview, I mean, I, we're usually all involved on some level. As a parent, you know that it's your responsibility, but maybe you're like, hey, I'm kind of neglecting my child's pre- presence online. Take this opportunity, soak this in, and you know what? Just take some precautionary steps to protect your child. I don't care whether they're in kindergarten or and they have you because know, I think at some point now there's at least a minimal amount of activity online all the way up to high school. Be involved in your child's life. Dr. Steve Webb is our guest. He's a certified social media intelligence expert. We're wrapping up our interview, and he's also author of the Amazon best-selling book, Education in a Violent World, an award-winning educator, a police officer, and founder, again, of Safe School Systems. As we wrap up here, Steve, uh, tell us a little bit more about your book. If someone picks that up on Amazon or in their local bookstore, what are they going to come away with, or what do you hope they come away with after they read it? Well, I hope they change their mindset Uh, a lot. Of what I found is, you know, our mindset is that of trust and our and of uh, and less on duty. And when you change our mindset of how we're going to respond to not just a kid bringing a gun to school, because that's what mass media wants you to wants you to focus on. We probably heard of every single shooting last year in in the schools, but how about all these kids that are, are committing suicide? How many? How about all of these kids that are having to move from their community because of cyberbullying or move from school to school because of bullying? Uh, these are things that need to be talked about on a daily basis. And I wanted this book to be, I guess, uh, some type of basis for people to, to go to and look at and see what kind of world the kids are living in. And maybe we can get people back, their mindset back to the individual child rather than this, this old schooling practice of test everybody and, and tell me if they're normal or not. Uh, every kid's going to have different experiences. And this book talks about a lot of the, the worst tragedies that happened in in schools across America, um, and it didn't have to. We, we, we dropped the ball because there were signs, and uh, we still were trying to make kids fit into our world. So that's why I named it Education in a Violent World, because it's different. And we, as the old fogies, the ones that I used to make fun of that didn't understand my world, <laughs> uh, it's still true today. I mean, we gotta, we've got to understand it, and we've got to be better in it. And it's okay to drop the ball, but it is not okay to, to realize that, okay, I dropped the ball, but you know what? There's nothing I can do. The damage has already been done. No, pick the ball back up and make sure that, again, you're involved in your child's life. And there's going to be, on an individual case basis, obviously it's going to be different depending on the age range and all kinds of other factors, but you got to pick that ball back up, Steve. Absolutely. And, and you know, you're doing it 
today by doing this interview. I mean, you're you're spreading the message. I can only spread it so far. Uh, it's it's media like you that, that takes off and talks to the individual parent and not just uh, mass media on all of these run, hide, fight, and all this other, those other protocols. We got to get to the individual child and quit worrying about responding to the to the violence after it's occurred. We need to respond to when this kid's having some mental issues and how we're going to deal with that kid rather than sticking them in another math class. Our kids are the most important aspect of this society. I have always believed that. There, there's nobody that's going to change my mind on it. And so you have to protect your kids and make sure that they're well-informed. Share the truth with them because that's okay. But be there along with them to have that discussion. That's what it's all about. Final thoughts, Steve. Well, I, I, again, I appreciate you having me and, and everything you're doing to try to spread the word, but uh, this will pass, and we will be back in school, and there will be a lot of mental issues. But the thing about it is, is, is what has changed? What, what are we going to learn from this experience and bring it back to our schooling and bring it back to helping our kids? I mean, if, if, if you listen to this episode and you don't go out and do something and talk to somebody about this, then you've dropped the ball. So if you go to my website, drsteveweb.com, uh, get in contact with me. Let me know how I can help you. Uh, talk to your board, talk to your teachers, talk to kids, whatever. Whatever it takes, we've got to do something different, and it's time to time to do that today. drsteveweb.com. Please check it out if you're curious, if you want to know ways you can protect your child, how Steve can help you. Also, get his book. It's going to be just a wealth of information for you from that same perspective. It's education in a violent world. Dr. Steve Webb, thank you for taking a few minutes out of your precious time. You're a very busy guy. I don't know how you do it all. And discussing the importance of keeping our kids safe in this ever-changing online, at the moment, virtual world. I really appreciate it, my friend. We'll have to have you back on real soon. Thank you. Call in your time. This is Noah here and across the county. Go to drstevewebb.com, drstevewebb.com, and stay tuned. There's more coming up.